This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Clavio. Clavio is a platform that helps growth focused e commerce brands drive more sales with super targeted, highly relevant email, Facebook, and Instagram marketing. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz, and my guest today is Dr. Sabrina Starling. She's the author of How to Hire the Best and the CEO of Tap the Potential. She also goes by the moniker of the business psychologist. So this is probably my first psychologist on the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. So Sabrina, welcome. Thank you, John. I'm honored to be the first psychologist on the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. There's so much uh, commonality with marketing and psychology. So I, I- Well, there's no question there, but we have to answer the burning question that, that I'm sure you've been asked many times, but um, what is the difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist? Well, the simple answer to that used to be that psychologists don't prescribe, but they do. So the the basic difference is that psychiatrists go through medical school, years and years of medical training, and then they specialize in psychiatry at the end of medical school. Psychologists go through graduate school and don't go to medical school. And so the majority of our training is focused on understanding uh, people and and how people function in the world. Well, certainly um, small business owners uh, could probably use a dose of that. I know uh, over the years, uh, working with thousands of business owners, I've, I've at times felt like I was uh, providing probably not, certainly wouldn't call it psychology, but I would uh, I'm providing some sort of talking them off the ledge or... <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I always say that people are so complex that I decided I needed to get a PhD in psychology just so I could understand people. And we as small business owners, we need to understand people because that's how we grow our businesses. People are the heart of of these businesses. Well, and I I have talked to many, many entrepreneurs, and I will say that I'll bet universally, I know a lot of people say, well, gosh, marketing's hard. But I bet you universally, uh, there would be agreement on hiring and managing people is probably the hardest part of growing a business because most entrepreneurs, it's just not their strength. No, it's not. And I think what's interesting is once we've cracked marketing and we figured that out, then we need to know people because we have to add team to scale with all the new business that we're bringing in because we learned marketing. So I sometimes find that people learn from the negative side um, before they're ready to embrace the positive side. And I think a lot of the hiring that people do and where they've had it not work out is because they just they were hired a certain way and they've seen other people do it. And so they're just kind of copying what everybody, what they've seen done and what they think is supposed to be done. So how are, how are business owners getting it wrong in the hiring process in general? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just exactly it. We, don't really know what we're supposed to be doing. We just kind of copy what has been t- done to us in the past and what we've experienced. And so the typical hiring practice, if we follow that, that sets us up to mishire about 75% of the time. And so what I mean by the typical hiring practice is we get really busy and we decide, you know what, we could use some help around here. So let me write up a really quick job ad and put it out there everywhere and see which applicants come in and I'll pick from the best, you know, of that group. And then I'll invite some of those in for an interview. And then out of those that I interview, I'll pick the best person. Well, that the reason that causes us to mishire is because that is out of alignment with a player behavior. So a players are not on job boards reading 
job ads. They're they're not sitting at home in their jammies doing that. They move, they're employed elsewhere right now. They're probably very busy in their other job that they have elsewhere. And they move from one opportunity to the next. So we have to use all of our good marketing skills to figure out how do we get in front of the right A players for our business and then attract them to want to work with us. Okay, so obviously... Now I need to say, okay, what should we be doing? <laughs> and so you you kind of set up the. Um, I think you're absolutely right. I mean the 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 people that we really are after are you know not looking for us. So how do we kind of turn the tables then and attract that person? Yes. So it's about being very, very intentional and setting ourselves up to really differentiate ourselves as employers in the marketplace. So again, using everything we know from good marketing, we have to be different and we have to stand out. So we need to know what it is that the A players we want to attract would value about us. And what are we, and and rather trying to create create that and just, you know, like, uh, I'm not doing this now, so I should go out there and do that. Start with what are we doing well? And we can ask our current team members who are our better team members, what is it that you appreciate most about working here? What's different and unique about this role versus any other jobs you've done in the past? And that is going to start cluing us in to how we as employers stand out. And What's I think really surprising for a lot of small business owners is we don't have to do grand things like have pool tables and let our kids, our, our kids, our team members. I've just been talking about kids recently. Um, we don't want to let our have to have our members playing pool for them to feel like, wow, this is a great place to work. I get to play pool on my lunch breaks. It's it's the simple things like just being respectful and having a respectful work environment, treating team members like family, um, giving them flexibility to take care of work-life balance and family needs that they may have. And we, we as small business owners kind of take that for granted. It's just kind of how we do things and how we roll. And we don't realize that that's very different than corporate America. And if, if we're talking to somebody who's had a corporate job, it could be a breath of fresh air for them to come to work in a small business. So I think you're absolutely right. A lot of small businesses just do that because they think that's the right way to do that, to do things that's who they are. How do you, how do you actually communicate that in a way that then starts attracting? I mean, you, you can't go out there and necessarily say, oh, we're like family here. I mean, that, to me, that doesn't that doesn't play very well. That's yeah, that's and it kind of can sound kind of empty. So the best thing that we can do is getting our current team members to talk out there about us and get the word on the street about the business going. And so, you know, with social media now, we have really simple tools at our disposal. So first we need to understand A players hang together. If you have an A player on your team, and by A player, I mean someone who is highly motivated, who's a go-getter, who solves problems and doesn't just stop and give up and wait for you to tell them what to do. So those kinds of people know other A players. I mean, John, look how you and I connected. You commented on Mike Michalowicz's post. I commented back. I like to think I'm an A player. I like to think you're an A player. I think Mike Michalowicz is an A player. So that's how A players work. 
And, and so our team members are like that too. And so if we have some sort of, you know, something they do that we're really proud of and we feature them in our social media and we say, you know, Joe really went out of his way for this customer this week and look at what he did. And I'm so proud of Joe. And you tag Joe in that post. Well, Joe is going to want to share that post with all of his friends and family because he's feeling really proud. And now all of a sudden your business is getting in front of all of Joe's A players in his network. And so when you have an opening later on and you start uh, sharing your job ad and you ask Joe, would you mind sharing this with your network? Well, now Joe's network is like, oh, yeah, Joe has that boss who brags about him all the time. That's very different than my boss who gripes at me all the time. Yeah. And and the beauty of that, too, is, is that's yes, that's attractive to maybe a potential higher, but that's also a really pretty attractive message to the market in general about what kind of company you are. Absolutely. And that's the beautiful thing is the things that we do to really position ourselves as a brand that our ideal clients and customers would gravitate towards. We just need to be a little bit more mindful of incorporating our best team members in that and and pulling them in whenever possible and letting them take center stage in our marketing. I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Clavio. Clavio helps you build meaningful customer relationships by listening and understanding cues from your customers. And this allows you to easily turn that information into valuable marketing messages. There's powerful segmentation, email autoresponders that are ready to go, great reporting. You want to learn a, bit, a little bit about the secret to building customer relationships? They've got a really fun series called Clavio's Beyond Black Friday. It's a docu-series, a lot of fun, quick lessons. Just head on over to Clavio.com beyond BF, beyond Black Friday. So your most recent edition of How to Hire is the Contractors Edition. And uh, I know for one that uh, right now in that particular industry, and I'm sure there are others like that, but it seems to me like there's such a shortage of people that want to do that kind of work, that are going to school to to get into those trades. So you know, what's a company, I mean, so I guess to, to on one hand, what we're saying is this makes this even, you know, hyper important <laughs> in that industry. But, but what do you do when it's not simply a matter of hiring 18 players? It's how do I get anybody that's interested at all? Absolutely. So we, we have to understand that in any population, about 10% of the population is going to be A players. And when you have a shrinking labor pool like the construction industry is dealing with, because for years, kids were encouraged to go to college instead of go into the trades, if that was their inclination. And so not only have we had a lot of people leave the construction industry when the recession happened, they never came back. But now we also are missing an entire generation of workers in that industry. So it's a very small labor pool. And we have to really get resourceful when it comes to filling open roles in our businesses. And so it is not about hiring skill set. It is much more important to hire for fit with our core values or our immutable laws and the A player personality, that resourcefulness, as well as to excel. 
job day in and day out. Skill sets can be trained and there may be entry-level positions that we're going to have to look at in our businesses and create apprentice programs. And I know for a contractor looking at doing that, you're already, you're working 90 hours a week to keep up with the demand as it is. And you're like, what? This lady's telling me to start an apprentice program. Who has time for this? So what I, what I, really encourage you to consider doing is niching down. Get a very specific niche that you focus on, that you have the opportunity to be the best in the world at in that niche. And that, because the projects that you do will be very similar over time, it makes it much easier for you to train somebody because they're doing a lot of repetitive work. And that makes an apprentice program much more doable. Well, and I actually have a client in Kansas City, Missouri that did just that. Um, they were a pretty good size remodeling contractor and they started, uh, they, they actually partnered with a couple uh, local schools and are, you know, running six or eight apprentices through a semester and a, and a couple have turned into really great hires. Absolutely. And I really think that's going to be what a lot of contractors are looking at doing. And in my book, How to Hire the Best, I include sample job ads and one that I included this time around that I didn't include in the previous edition of How to Hire the Best is a job ad that is positioned for hiring for growth um, that would specifically target someone who has come out of a trade school program, even at like a six to eight week program. And now you're bringing them in the business and here's what you expect them to be able to do right away. And here's what you expect them to be able to grow into doing. So do, do you ever run, I mean, one of the ways you get A players is you take them from somebody else. I mean, let's face it, that happens, right? So how do you kind of skirt that potential sort of community <laughs> scar? Oh, yeah. So here's the thing. Um, poach is a bad word. So we don't say poach, we say attract. <laughs> so if we are going to become employers of choice and really be that leader that is respectful of our team members, that creates a good work environment, that's going to be attractive when you're out on job sites and you're dealing with the other trades and they see how you conduct business and how your team feels and really thinking about what is the word on the street about your business. Like when your team members are at a barbecue on Friday evening, are they the ones saying, you won't believe what my boss had me do this week. He had me work all this overtime and then this happened and then he yelled at me. Is that going to be the word on the street or is it going to be that your team member says, oh my gosh, I, my boss is so nice. He told me, thank you for doing this simple thing the other day. It was really no big deal, but he actually stopped and told me, thank you. So is, is that going to be the word on the street? Because if that's the, the positive interaction with team members is the word on the street, you are going to be in a much better position to attract great team members to your business. And in the book, one of the um, resources that I share is a very simple method of having a, a like a business card. And it says on there, I see you doing a good job. And I want to acknowledge you for that. And on the other side of that business card is if you're ever looking for an opportunity, come talk to me. And you can just hand that whenever you're out in public or you're on a job site and you see someone doing a good job, you're just simply acknowledging them for doing good work and they'll hang on to that. So one of the things that happens amongst businesses when things get competitive is they start lowering prices. So the flip side of that, I suppose, in hiring is um, at what point is sort of offering the highest salary, you know, 
play a role or is that just like lowering your prices? Is that a bad practice? It's a bad practice. I advise against it. And I think all small business owners everywhere are breathing a sigh of relief on that one. So when we think about it, money only goes so far as a motivator. Once our base level needs are met and, you know, depending on where you are in the country, it's about $75,000 is the the annual um, income that someone needs to just feel covered and taken care of. And once our base level needs are met, money quits being a motivator. And what is motivating is how we are treated, how we feel a part of something and and having a larger purpose that we're taking part in. And so that's really what we want to be building in our businesses is the, the, the story of the business. And what is it that we do that has an impact? And the work you're doing as a team member with us. How are you the hero in that story? And the the piece about you know what to pay to attract great employees is you want to be above the 50th percentile. And the Bureau of Labor Statistics has this data on their website for pretty much any role that you can think of in a small business. You can see what the 50th percentile is, the 75th percentile, and the 90th percentile. And I suggest, you know, I like starting at the 65th percentile and, and saying you start out here. And if you do really well and you hit these results with us, then at three months time, we're going to bump you up here. And that's going to put you in about the 75th percentile of pay. And then gradually bumping them up over about two years time and showing them how if they deliver the results you're looking for, you'll have them at the 90th percentile. And that in and of itself, if you put that on paper, that really differentiates you because most large organizations and small businesses will say, we offer opportunities for advancement. And it's lip service. They don't do anything to back it up. But if you document it, that's now now you're different. And if on the other side of that piece of paper, you put team member comments about why they appreciate working for you and their pictures, now you're standing out again. And if you really want to stand out, I recommend bright orange paper and scratch and sniff. And so when they leave the interview with you, they have this big bright orange piece of paper. It shows their opportunities for advancement, how they're going to get to the 90th percentile and translate that into dollars for them. So they really don't just say 90th percentile because that means nothing to a candidate. And then on the back of that, they see team members who currently work for you. They look like they're having fun, which that's kind of different too. And maybe this, maybe this is really an opportunity I want to pursue. That's what it's going to take to get an A player who's employed elsewhere, who maybe is having a few bad days at work. Maybe it's maybe I'll stay because it's always easier to stay where we are than make a move. So we have to show them that making the move is really going to be something good for them. That is going to be enough to help convince them. There, this is a real opportunity. So, just like all things uh, today, you know, there's so much <clears throat> information out there and transparency, and you know, you know who's good, who's bad. But what do you think about sites like Glassdoor? I know a lot of small businesses, you know, they don't have a lot of employees, and you know, like a lot of things in life, uh, the, the employee that that was disgruntled for some reason leaves a you know terrible thing on Glassdoor. Now I've got to deal with that. What do you think about? Not necessarily what you think about the sites because you know they are a reality. There's, it doesn't matter what you doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't what matter you think. What think. <laughs> but yeah. but uh, but how should a how should a small business um, address sites like that 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 can that can maybe you know damage the the story that that's real. 
So it is really about doing the work on the front end and showing up and being authentic. And by that, I mean, if you're having regular one-to-one conversations with your team members, then you're going to ward off a lot of what would be put on Glassdoor as a negative review about you. And if you are doing good things, team building activities and uh, dinners with your team, pizza parties and fun things, that is going to ward off a bad review. And if you get a bad review and you have plenty of positive PR going on about the company, it actually can be kind of like what they say to us, John, about book reviews. If somebody leaves that one bad review, it it's more authentic <laughs> because now it doesn't look like all your friends went on <laughs> and left you a good review. So it, it, it gives some context. And I think most team members that we would want in our business have an understanding that not everybody is going to be a great fit for our businesses. So what have you, you know, I know you do a lot of coaching on businesses to, to, you know, so that they can get free of having to be there all the time. You talk about the four week uh, vacation, things like that. What are the hardest roles to fill? And the ones that if you're going to get that four week vacation, you must. Yeah. Yeah. So it is that in, in the construction business, project manager really seems to be a hard role to fill or the person who will do the sales in the owner's absence. And actually the sales in the owner's absence is not as hard to fill as getting the owner to let go of doing the sales. <laughs> that makes it harder. But project manager overall is a harder one to fill. So the critical roles in the business that pertain to serving the top clients around the most profitable product or offering need to be need to be filled. And It's not just a business owner themselves who needs to be able to take a four-week vacation for that business to be healthy, but every single team member deserves the opportunity to be able to leave and go on vacation and not have their work pile up while we're gone. And if the work is piling up for a team member and they feel like, I can't leave, I have too much of a critical role here, that is a sign that that work needs to be spread out and there needs to be additional training for other team members so that... Things can be handled in that team member's absence. Great point. So Sabrina, where can people find out more about you and your work and uh, how to hire the best? Thank you, John. My business is tapthepotential.com. If you want to get how to hire the best, you can go to tapthepotential.com forward slash book. And if you want to know how you're doing with getting your business lined up to be a highly profitable, great place to work that lets you take a four-week vacation, you can take our assessment at tapthepotential.com forward slash assessment. Awesome. And we'll have, uh, as always, uh, those links in the show notes. So Sabrina, it was great having a chat and hopefully we'll catch catch up with you soon out there on the road. Thank you, John. 